Another week is underway. It's Drop the Subject with Allie and James Simmons. And hope you had a very pleasant weekend. I don't know if you stayed inside or ventured outdoors, but hopefully you had a good time. I'm feeling a little under the weather today, which is freaking me the F out. So what's good is that I have a nurse practitioner by my side to tell me that everything is going to be okay, right? <laughs> you have coronavirus. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, of course, people are still going to get sick. People are still going to get colds. And when that happens, you like you can't go outside at all, right? Once you, if you've got oh. even a little bit of a cold, you must not leave the house whatsoever. Because even if you do have a mask or anything like that, if you do a sneeze, if you do a cough, if you do a sniffle, you're done for when it comes to uh, dirty looks that people are giving you anywhere you go. Absolutely. I well, and I think this is going to elevate. Probably what's something we should have been doing in the past anyway, it's going to elevate it to a different level now. You know, there's lots of, you know, there's this whole like hero mentality around, oh, I'm sick, but I went to work. I powered through. Oh, yeah. Like, Not I, you anymore. Know, That's nah, gone. You're right. That is gone. You can power through from home if you want, probably. But like there's no, we are not. We're going to have like zero tolerance, I think, at least for the next generation or so of like people being like, I don't feel good and sniffling and coughing and doing all that stuff in the presence of other people. No, ma'am, Pam. And I actually am totally here for it because it will probably reduce the rates of other sort of like, uh, uh, you know, infections. Absolutely. No, you're that's I mean, you're starting off with a happy ending, James, because that was something that (laughs) I'm done. Show's over. Thanks. That's it. Thank you so much. I'm going to go take a nap. That you're absolutely right because there is this mentality that you have to work through your sickness and oh if you have a cold and somebody actually takes a sick day because of their cold, people would kind of look around like, Where's Janice? She's right. sick. She's she, oh she's so she she's home. Really sick. Yeah. yeah. And so now I do believe you're right, that's gonna go by the wayside. And that is something that should that should die a slow death is the the forcing people or or shaming people if they don't actually just take a sick day and stay home. Yeah. And I think it's so important too. now on the flip side, you know, there are lots of I'm sure there's people listening who are like, our natural immunity is going to go down if we're not being exposed constantly to X, Y and Z and whatever. Okay, fine. There is something to that. And we talked a little bit about that last week, about how our immunity overall might be being impacted by being inside and not being constantly exposed to other antigens, which are outside things that cause our body to have an immune response. Um, But ultimately, I think this is a good thing. I mean, who wants to? We, We have the common cold. And we all get it once or twice a year or whatever, because we're around people who have it. But it's not doing us any good. Like, who wants the common cold? You know what I mean? No, like not, I, I think it's good. I think some people who like to feel sorry for themselves like getting the common cold every once in a Ugh, while, but that's about it. Barf. And uh, I experienced something very interesting over the weekend where uh, I, I did go out a little bit. I'm not going to say I stayed in all weekend. I, I went on a little hike across the street because the trail was open. Nice. Uh, I, I went to the farmer's market, which we'll talk about a little later in the Monday Munch Report. It was a very different experience, obviously, than previous uh, uh farmer's market experiences but we were we were at the house on saturday night just hanging out having a little wine had a nice dinner and and then we walked outside after we ate just to get a little fresh air and this car drives up which and it's a not anybody who lives in our area which uh you know the the area that i live in is pretty rural like there's not people just driving by that are 
see, like it's also a dead end street. So anybody who's driving mm. down our street, you would think they have something they have, they have, they're seeing somebody or whatever. So they pull up to us and we go up to the car. And my first instinct is I don't know how close to get up to the car. Cause I don't know these people. I don't know what their deal is. I don't know if they want us to walk up to the car, but they pull up next to us and they go, Hey, excuse me. And we go, yeah, what's up? And they go, what is there to do around here? <laughs> and I was like, um, nothing. First of all, you're in Calabasas. <laughs> right. Like, <laughs> even before COVID-19, the answer is still nothing. Nothing. <laughs> that is so, so funny. And then we, we're we in the middle of a viral pandemic, honey. Even if there were bars and things around here, there's they're not. You wouldn't they're all go. closed. Like, they're all closed. Like Yeah. So, oh we the, and these two women had pulled up and they, you know, not wearing masks or anything, which they're in their car, so whatever. I'm not judging at all. But I, I was... I was like, yeah, there's really, I mean, there's a little downtown, baby downtown, old town Calabasas with like a sagebrush cantina where all the Chardonnay middle-aged women like to have tacos and margaritas, but that the, the, all of it's closed down. There's no, there's nowhere to go really. And then we were like, where are you guys from? And they were like, Louisiana. And we were like, wow. Are you visiting anyone? And they were like, no, we just want to see, we want to see LA. (laughs) And I was like, did these people decide hey you know what plane tickets are really cheap right now let's just Uh go to la for the weekend and they're just trying to drive around and see as much as much as they can of southern california because the tickets were cheap interesting now are there like rogue travelers right now rogue tourists i feel like there's probably more rogue travelers and more rogue tourists than we thought uh, or than we think that's going on. I, I have a friend who just by his post on Facebook and you can't you can't always tell right what people social post on social media. Um, I, I think people think that like my husband and I live a much more lavish lifestyle than we do simply based on what we post on on social media. Right. But I have a friend who just keeps like showing up in random places. And I'm like, how is he traveling? During oh, all of like this. different and states and countries well, and stuff? or like around the state. And then he'll like go to his family has a house in, in, in another state. I won't say where. And like, he'll just like show up with pictures in that house. And I'm like, are those old pictures, new pictures? I don't understand. But yes. Allie, I, I, I just want to make sure these two women weren't flirting with you guys, were they? Oh, sorry. We had a foursome later. Uh, <laughs> very good. I love that out. Best weekend ever. <laughs> We'll be right back. Drop the subject. We've got all kinds of fun stuff for you. Uh, And a game, Is It Karen? A brand new game later in the show. So you're going to want to stick around. If I'm sick or not, we are here and queer for you. Drop the subject returns after this. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject with Allie and James, or as we found out yesterday, uh, no, on Friday, James and the bitch, because I had taken a Zoom (laughs) class where I was told I was a very interesting person, and then that is the classic thing you say to somebody that you don't like, that you consider to be a bitch, but I stand by the fact that I don't make a good Zoom first impression. That's Mm. what I thought about over the weekend. I was like, you know, I think I have... Resting Zoom face. Oh, and it, it is a thing. I think you may have coined the term, Allie. You should put it in the dictionary very quickly so you can earn royalties every time someone says this. But I, I think that resting Zoom face is a thing, Allie. It, it is because we, we talked when this first started all happening. Everyone was all Zooming everywhere. Zoom, Zoom, Zoom. 
you feel an added sense of exhaustion and pressure when you're on a Zoom call or in a Zoom meeting because you are being watched all of the time. And even when you're in a group conference in person, everyone is not watching you at all times for anything interesting that you might be doing. And if you're looking down, you're writing something down, it kind of doesn't matter. But if you're doing that on Zoom, it looks like you're disengaged. Or if you're looking down at your phone really quick to check something important, they think that you're that you're not paying attention. Or if you don't look actively engaged and listening, you can kind of come off like a Zoom bitch. Mm-hmm. And, and people really read into that. Like, I think people really sort of think like, oh, they're really not engaged. They really aren't paying attention. And so they almost like take it personally, kind of like in, in person, I think. But ultimately, I feel like everyone is so exhausted already from, from Zooming and FaceTiming and all of that, that it's starting to turn a little bit. I feel like there's starting to be a little bit more tolerance for this. I actually taught a class uh, last after the show last Friday, and uh, I was the last person of the day. They had been in class since 8 a.m., I presented from 4.30 to 5.30. Oh, no. Yeah. I was you like have one this... person listening to that. Right. Well, and so it was very interestingly, they all were on, uh, their cameras were off and their microphones were muted when I started. But towards the end, their cameras were on. And then people had questions. And we actually went until almost six. And so no way. I don't, I mean, I don't know if I just, what I was talking about was interesting or I was interesting or I was just, I was just a different voice for them or something. But um, you even broke then, through, you broke through the zoom threshold. I, I well, I, I guess I did kids. on a Friday. Right. But then here's the thing that there was a couple people that were, I was like, oh, they're not feeling this at all. They're totally judging me. They're like, cause I came pretty hard on this presentation and, and I was like, oh, they're going to be so mad. And then those were the people who had resting Zoom face who ended up being the ones who were like, that was really great. I have more okay. questions. Like, can, and I was like, oh, don't judge a resting Zoom face by its cover. Exactly. I guess. So here's my thing. And I know this seems self-serving because I have resting Zoom face and I don't know if I made a good Zoom first impression. Don't judge somebody by their Zoom first impression because I think that it's not a good representation of the actual person. There are some great, wonderful people that just don't like being on Zoom or they're at, when they're actively listening to something, they might have a scowl because they are focused and listening rather than worried about smiling like a dumb idiot in front of everybody. <laughs> And not like totally. there are some people that are so concerned with the way that they look on Zoom that they're not listening to what's being said on Zoom because they're watching themselves and they're listening. They're they're looking at the way that they are listening. Uh huh. Exactly. Rather than actually just being an active listener. And I think things like that are we can pick up on those very, very subtle body language and those subtle clues in person, but our just our brain, our mind just does not know how to pick up on those things through a video camera because it's yes. it's two dimensional. Like we haven't been trained our whole lives to do that. And so I think there is when you're out to dinner with someone and you're having that conversation, it's just the two of you and you're talking about whatever relationships or boys or sex or whatever, what and that person okay, might have totally. sort of a resting bitch face. They also, but you also know that they're listening, right? Because you can just see the little things. You can't see those little things. You can't see the other parts of their body that they aren't showing on the camera. You can't put them in context of their environment around them, right? If someone on Zoom is super fidgety, 
or you, you can't really tell what's going on. There could be something going on just off camera that your brain is not able to process and not able to say, oh, this person is fidgety because it's cold in here because the door's open or whatever, right? right? If you're not seeing that on Zoom, but in real life, you could be like, oh, my friend is fidgety because she's cold because the door's open in this restaurant we're in or whatever. Does that make sense? I just, no, we definitely. can't put things into context. And so I, you're really, really onto something here about we got, we got to stop judging people by their Zoom. Well, yeah, I mean, Zoom first impressions are going to be different than in real life impressions. And the and when you meet somebody on Zoom and then you meet them in person, those are going to be two completely different first impressions. In one scenario, yes, you are seeing somebody in their home environment. So you almost think, well, now I'm seeing this person in their comfort zone. They are in their regular living situation. So this is probably the most them I'm ever going to see, right? Versus if you meet at a bowling alley or something, there's there's going to be some kind of a difference in the way that they present themselves. Um, but then when you when you're the point that you make where you're in person and you're seeing how they react to real life situations is that the better first impression right well and and i think it even goes the other way i mean we could talk about this for a long time but i there are people that i've known for years and years who i see on zoom and i don't like them on zoom <laughs> but like but like right. in person i'm like i know that I, and but i know that it doesn't matter cuz i know them in person and i know that i like them and i know you know what i mean it's very very interesting Friends in real life, enemies in Zoom life. We'll be right back. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Ouch. Am I seeing right? Where's she putting her hands now? Uh, She's just checking out the dog's... Testicular area Ooh. to make sure <laughs> to make sure that uh, that everything is intact. Hate to go out on a date with Judge uh, Edie Franklin, have her judge me. That'd be no fun. Oh, one of my all-time favorite <laughs> movies. I would say top three always best in show. And Fred Willard was hysterical in it. Of course, he was great with all, in all those movies and just in his career in general. We lo- lost a great, great guy over the weekend. Fred Willard. I believe he was in his eighties, mid eighties, eighty six. 86 yeah yeah yeah, when he died that's pretty uh just this weekend and he uh is pretty fantastic and he died of natural causes i guess you know at 86 which seems pretty pretty good i think that is a fantastic run having had a hollywood career for more than 50 years he played baseball um uh in the military when he was stationed in germany Um, oh that's awesome yeah yeah i mean just an incredible and he was stationed in germany yeah he isn't this isn't this fantastic he went to he's from ohio was from ohio originally went to kentucky military institute for high school and virginia military institute for college following college he served for a few years and played baseball while stationed in germany and then when he came back he was one of the earliest people to grow up and come out of second city oh wow one of the originals yeah, one of the original comedy uh, comedy groups and one of the originals to come out of that comedy group. And I mean, it. wow, <laughs> that's pretty phenomenal. I didn't realize he had this this history of him. And of course, you know, we know him from, you know, Modern Family recently. And then every, right. one, everybody loves Raymond. And then, of course, a huge movie career. But such a such a sad loss for the in the comedy and Hollywood world this weekend. I know. I know it was sad. There was a couple deaths this weekend that were really rough. Uh, Lynn Shelton is also <clears throat> she's a female director and she passed away. I believe she was only in her 50s and she had, a, I think, a blood um, condition. Um, mm. But her partner, Mark Marin was just, you know, posting about how heartbroken he was. And so it's been kind of it was a tough weekend for a lot of people. And um, then there was another story that was making the rounds that just kind of pissed me off that I wanted to bring to the table because I figured it would piss you off as well, James. 
Oh, um, yep. Sounds fun on a Monday. Piss okay. me off. Yeah, Let's do yeah. It. Yeah. Okay. Um, it just it has to do with another person saying the N-word that should not say the N-word. And in oh, this case, boy. it was, I believe it happened on, let's see, was this TikTok? Probably. <laughs> Hannah Brown. She's uh, She was on The Bachelorette. I don't watch The Bachelorette. I don't know anything about it. But she has faced a lot of backlash over the weekend because she filmed, oh, it was Instagram Live. She had a video of herself singing lyrics to DaBaby's Rockstar, and uh-huh. the N-word appears in the lyrics to that. She also seems rather drunk, but she says the N-word, and then she does sort of issue an apology, and I would even venture to say this is worse than Kyle Larson of NASCAR's apology. <laughs> <laughs> is it really? Are we? I feel like we have to just save Kyle Larson's apology just like in the queue because this happens so often now. We have people making dumb mistakes and then we judge every apology off of what was probably the worst in modern recent history, okay. memory anyway, uh, Kyle Larson. Can you find that apology while I play Hannah's? I did. I'm so sorry. That was So she, she sang the, <laughs> the lyrics. That's it? And then hold on, there's more. But she did like a part one where she was singing the song and then a part two, she went live again, I guess, after somebody let her know that she had just said the end. So sorry. That wasn't you. That was. Um, oh, God. And then she's got her yes girl in the corner. No, that wasn't you. No, you never said that. I was singing You're this. Not I'm so sorry. I, was <laughs> I don't think that you said that. I don't think. I mean, no, there was. Maybe it's Patrick. Yeah, but also Susan. Um. Anyway. Okay. So that's wow. our apology. Is I did. I'm so sorry. Oh no. And then her friend saying, "No, that wasn't you," which is uh probably the strangest excuse I've ever seen. When there's literal video evidence of you saying the n word and then going the yeah, uh-huh. and then going back on and saying, "No, I don't think that was you." And then at the end, she throws her brother under the bus. Her brother's right. name is Patrick, and she, which I I understand blaming a Patrick for everything, but man. And then it was just like, well, I don't know, anyways. And then she goes off the live stream again. So I think what? she issued another <laughs> apology that was okay. not on video. But how does this compare to Kyle Larson? I don't. Well, I think it's it might actually be worse. I don't just to to refresh your memory. This is Kyle Larson, NASCAR driver, after he live streamed his saying of the N word. Uh, so mid April. Yeah, I just want to say I'm sorry. Um, you know, last night I made a mistake and said the word that should never ever be said. And um, you know, there's no excuse for th- Kyle. Put more emphasis on never ever. Okay, just like repeat it. That'll that'll never, work great. Okay. Ever. Never. <laughs> You know, it's just an awful thing to say. And I feel very sorry for my family, my friends, my partners, the NASCAR community, and especially the African-American community. He's like, let me just apologize first to all the people who's paying my bills. Yes, exactly. And then lastly, but especially the African-American community. So do you Mm. think that's worse than Throw it. I did. I'm so sorry. No, actually, I think we have a new person to compare all apologies to. I feel like Hannah Brown, whoever the hell that is, she has the worst apology now. All right, I feel so like she's Kyle dethroning Larson, Kyle Larson. She's dethroning Kyle Larson. Congratulations. I did. I I'm so sorry. People. I mean, 
Just saying. <laughs> well, congratulations, Hannah Brown. You have now been crowned the worst apologizer when it comes to drop the subject. I did. I'm so sorry. Yeah. That wasn't you. That was um, <laughs> All right. We'll be right back. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject. It is a Monday morning. Um, still morning for most of us listening anyway. This is James guest co-hosting with your Allie Johnson. And listen, I've been doing this for a few weeks now, Allie. God, almost a couple months even, we should say. Yeah, it's been uh, a while. Yeah, you know, I have had uh, multiple opportunities on Channel Q uh, to be a guest medical expert on all of the different shows here. I've had the pleasure and fortune of doing that. And I am really so honored and humbled that y'all allow me to come back every day and guest co-host with you uh, during the time of COVID. And uh, I, I think I've done an okay job so far. You've done a great job. I'm very happy to have you. And it's also just, it's nice to talk to somebody who knows more than I do about this stuff. I feel like I really lucked out because Aww. all of this happened and you were like, I have all of the most updated information and I work in a hospital. I was like, great. <laughs> You're like, you can come back. Sign that guy up. Yeah. Right. Um, well, and you know, sometimes I'm going to chalk this up to maybe um, quarantine brain, dissertation brain, lack of sleep. You know, I'm not exactly sure what to chalk it up to. And, but we, all need feedback at some point in time in our lives during whatever we're doing. No one's perfect. And boy, did um, we ever get some feedback last week (laughs) about a segment that we did that I will sort of take ownership for, if you will. Um, Those of you listening recall last week, Maskioki. Okay. Um, you're already taking ownership for a segment that you and I and Jesse, the producer, all approved unanimously, <laughs> saying that this was a fantastic idea. And if you missed it, you're definitely going to want to. Oh, I don't know if you'll want to catch up Mm-mm. on the podcast. No, uh, but, you can skip but, that, that okay. podcast. Yeah. Well, we did. We did maskioki which means that we we put masks on and we sang s- our favorite songs a cappella and we had to guess what the other person was singing it's a little tough tougher to do when you've got masks on we did a, one round of regular and then one round of only humming uh-huh and um you know, we I think we both left on the air. We've been like, all right, that was another job was, well done. High five, everybody. Yeah, that was great. And and then, you know, almost immediately, um, someone who is very important in our lives and very important to the longevity of our careers did send us a message, a group message and said, um, you know, please tell me this segment is a one and done. <laughs> So, I mean, when you get those text messages, you're like, oh, the boss is listening. Oh, great. What kind of feedback does he have? And he said, I hope this is a one and done. And, you know, I, I, I took the fall and said, yeah, you know, hey, it was a it was something that we were testing out. You know, that's that's one of the things that I love about this show is we get to throw things on the wall and see what sticks. And um, then but he had not then, realized he I think he went on to say that it just went on too long. Uh-huh. Yep. Cute idea, but just like went on way, way, way too long. And and then fast forward to the next segment. We get, oh no, two segments. Yikes. Yes. So <laughs> we were not his favorite show that day. But you know what? I stand by the segment. I think that it was a good job. It was, it was, we tried something new. We got a response we did. from several people who really liked it, including our good friend Napua, uh, who messages us on Instagram all the time. She said specifically the masked karaoke was what she loved. 
uh, last week and she said, don't stop making maskioki. Applause, applause, applause emoji, panda emoji, rabbit emoji, uh, more emojis of different animals. And she's even going to send a couple ideas for the next session and the next round of mass karaoke, a.k.a. maskioki. So wow. this is a wow. bit of a maskioki gate situation. I think that it's going to be a very polarizing thing, but I I think we should revisit and just kind of listen for ourselves because I haven't had a chance to listen to it. Yeah, I know. I I kind of didn't want to go back and listen. I was sort of cringing. I'm like, oh, I goofed up for the first time. So, uh, but was it bad, Ellie? Was it was it bad? I think it sounded great. Here's a clip in case you missed it. Take a listen. I've got you said, Mikey's on. You said humming only. Humming, humming. only. It's the second one is going to be just humming. Okay. Okay. Um, plumbing only. <laughs> okay. Oh. Okay. Um, Pl- I'm not a good plumber. Is that what you said? Yeah, plumbing, that's a plumbing only. Hum. Hum. Got it. Hum. Okay. okay. I've got you my said, keys on. You said hum. Oh my god. Okay. Um, our apologies. Drop the subject, listeners. Um, I we we sometimes you just have to say I'm sorry, and I will do better. Should I do my Kyle Larson? I'm I'm sorry. There's no, just no, no, some no. things I, you should I've, never do on radio, and talking through a mask is one of them. I've got I've got it. Um, to our boss and to anyone who had to listen to Maskioki, uh, here's what we have to say. <laughs> I did. I'm so sorry. That wasn't you. That was, um... That wasn't us, okay? It was Patrick. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. We promise there will be zero maskioki on today's show, but we will be playing a new game called Is It Karen? And we will not be playing with masks. There are people getting very upset right now because they don't want to wear masks. They want to go into restaurants without a line. And specifically, Karens are getting very testy. They want to speak to the manager. They they want uh, they want their, their, their refunds. And there's a lot of... Hands being thrown up in the air. So we will listen to a clip of something someone did this weekend, and you have to guess whether it's a Karen or not. It's a tough game, but and we'll also be talking about uh, for Trump around. Obama definitely threw some shade in Trump's direction, and Trump had a reaction. Uh, Drop the president is coming up later in the show. But first, we must get to our Monday staple because we all eat. We all need it to live, and we have to talk about it because it is the Monday Munch Report. Sounds good. I'll have that. Yes, 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 yes. What are you doing? I'm blotting the grease. It's the best part. Let me see that. Yummo. That was pretty good, Allie. What? Uh, because this this Monday Munch Report is fantastic, by the way. I, I I am originally sort of having mixed feelings about this thing we're about to discuss with y'all, but now I think I'm totally feeling it, Allie. Oh, you're all about the pancake cereal. I'm all about the pancake cereal. So listen, I feel like everyone's gotten just just bored enough that they're and they're sort of over sourdough, right? Like I didn't I think I was a little late to the sourdough game because Ali, you were talking about it. We made bread a couple weeks ago. Like I made the best loaf, of course. It wasn't sourdough, but you know, we everyone's doing this thing. Already existing bread and no, no, I made a good a good loaf of bread. So it was it was nine grain. It was really great. So (laughs) the everyone's sort of overbred now and they're trying to move on to other things, but they're trying to like be creative. Like everyone is wants to do this like DIY thing and they're whatever. So apparently pancake cereal is like a thing. So essentially what you do, I mean, it looks great. It looks like a little bowl. What are those? Um, the little cookie cereal. What cookie crisp. Called? Cookie crisp. Yeah. They basically look like cookie crisp, but they're, but they're pancakes. Yeah. Well, you basically just make tiny pancakes and then you pour them into a bowl and you add butter and maple syrup. 
that is what the trend of pancake cereal is. People are freaking out about it on, on TikTok and Instagram and all. Some people are adding milk, though that appears to be the point of contention here is whether or not you should add milk to the pancake cereal. Now, I know that you say you're a fan of this. And yes, I'm looking at some of these pictures and videos. And if you make really tiny little baby pancakes, like we're talking a thumbnail and you put a bunch of them in a bowl with some butter and some syrup, of course, of course, that's going to be delicious. It's yeah. pancakes. Okay. Yeah, exactly. It's just a different way to eat pancakes. Right. My, my point here is that this is not cereal. This is a bowl of pancakes. Mm. And what makes cereal cereal is the milk, is that you are putting into a bowl something sugary, and maybe there's a bran involved or even a raisin if you really want to get boring with it. But you put <laughs> cereal in, you put cereal in the, you put it in the bowl and then you add the milk. You can let it kind of sit for a little while and then you drink up the, the leftover cereal milk. That is the real wow. cereal experience. So when you look up cereal in the, in Webster's dictionary, the Merriam-Webster dictionary, it has to say milk has to go over it. You have to have leftover milk. It needs to be sugary. You drink it down. Like that is what you're saying. Definition of cereal is because I maybe beg to differ a little bit. I mean, cereal does have its roots in Roman mythology, Allie. The Roman goddess Ceres, the equivalent of the Greek Demeter, she was a calm goddess. She you didn't take, stop it. She didn't take part in the quarrels of the other gods. Her particular responsibility was for the food-giving plants, right? She was very chill. She was sort of moon goddessy, if you will. So you should be able to relate to this. And for that reason, food grains came to carry her name. So it's really just about the experience of the foods that are giving us pleasure and life and without quarreling. And the Merriam-Webster definition of cereal, by the way, is a prepared foodstuff of grain, such as oatmeal or cornflakes. Okay, you have just thrown a lot of information at me at once. <laughs> I'm fe- you're like, First, I'm feeling, you break I'm feeling the news very triggered that there right is a now. S- cereal goddess. <laughs> Which completely makes sense. And I do have uh my goddess moon circle this weekend. So I will be praying to the goddess cereal because (laughs) I think she needs to clear this up. And series help us out here. Series super cereal about this. You need to clear this up. And, and I, I, because, okay. The second part is that you are telling me that the definition of cereal is grain is just grain in a bowl. Well, I I mean, so it's very interesting because if you go to Merriam-Webster, that's what they say. But then there there are further, there's other like cereal is like a plant that produces grain that can be eaten. Like it is a, like how you describe a plant that produces a particular type of grain that is like edible. Wheat and barley are common cereals. But then... I, I will say that there is a like a sub definition, a colloquialism definition in particular that says a breakfast food made from grain. So okay. th- there in that point, you, you're closer to your bowl of pancakes, mini pancakes not being cereal, except Allie, there is no mention of milk in the official definition, though there is. I will give you credit. It does say cereal is usually eaten in a bowl of milk poured over it. Okay. Well, the fact that it is grain is the definition that would make it so that oops all berries does not qualify as cereal because that is not or oops all mallows when it's just all the marshmallows for lucky charms that that would then be considered not cereal when i completely 
I would have to say that that is the epitome of cereal would be oops, all berries or all marshmallows. Cereal America has defined cereal as a bunch of sugar with a little piece of grain (laughs) somewhere and a bunch of milk and then refilling multiple times so that you can have two to three bowls Uh and feel like you are zipped up and hopped up on on a sugar rush until at least noon. And that does not constitute pancakes in a bowl with some butter and some syrup. All right. I think we're going to have to leave this to the audience, by the way. Who, do, what do you think? Are, are mini pancakes in a bowl with butter and syrup? Do is they it co- cereal? Is it cereal? Right. This is, this, is a pretty sim- I, this is a pretty simple question. Delicious or not, is it cereal? We want to know. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject. We are back. Allie and James Simmons here with you. And, of course, everyone is canceling everything all year but one thing that is not yet canceled is the next election we hope still on we hope okay we hope hope. summer camps are off but the election's still on for what for what we can easily foresee right now the question is who is going to be the next president of the united states that's why we cover all of it because all we want to do is drop the president Warren is no longer in the race, but something she always would say is, I've got a plan for that. But when it comes to <laughs> this pandemic, everyone's looking to Joe Biden saying, do you have a plan for this? Because that's what you're going to need in order to really clinch this thing, right? You got to have really clear and big ideas on how you are going to fix this. There are a lot of people who are not fans of how the the current president has handled the situation. Obama is one of those people (laughs) who does not seem happy with how this pandemic has been handled by the government. But what is Joe Biden going to do that is different? Well, and that. Uh-huh. It's, well, it's interesting you you bring up uh, Elizabeth Warren, Senator Elizabeth Warren, because she she's even said in recent days, you know, there is talk that she is still a potential running mate for Joe Biden, who has not announced his vice presidential running mate yet. But Warren uh, has said, you know, this is a big moment that we must meet with big ideas um, and that coronavirus has pushed to the front the need for real change, of course, sounds like political politics, right? But it sounds like also that Joe Biden and his sort of policymakers are listening. Um, He's, you know, he's leading in the polls right now in terms of just uh, Joe Biden versus Donald Trump. But there's also a sort of causing Joe Biden and his camp to have to kind of rewrite everything that they've done because their entire policy platform and their entire campaign was not built on inheriting, potentially inheriting a government in the middle of a, you know, one of the worst global viral pandemics ever. Um, So they've been sort of rapidly expanding their policy drafting apparatus with, uh, you know, the president announcing that in the coming weeks, He's going to announce plans for the right kind of economic recovery rather than sort of what's, Biden what's been going on right now. Yeah, Biden is. And he has um, created six new policy task forces uh, covering issues like healthcare, climate change, immigration, as well as the economy, of course, looping in people from who have allied themselves with Bernie Sanders, by the way. So he's looping in even the farther left. And these committees and these task forces are specifically been designed to develop these policies and platforms, rewrite what Joe Biden was was running on because of the significant influence of COVID-19 right now. 
Yeah, I don't know if this has ever happened before in the in the middle, like during an election year, something this huge happening where I mean, obviously, I've never run for president of the United States, but I would imagine <laughs> you that haven't? you've got plans <laughs> that have been carefully figured out by multiple hundreds of people. And it takes many months and years to do that. And now the year that you are officially running, you are clinching the nomination. Everything is completely changed. His whole thing was getting back to sort of political normalcy, right? That was his initial big thing was like, all right, guys, let's let's get down to like a, a new, a, a better normal here right. once I'm elected. Now that has completely gone out the window because nothing's normal. And it's just about getting the economy back on track. And he will, as you said, and it is detailed in one of these New York Times articles, he will be, I guess, releasing some more detailed plans about what that looks like for the Biden campaign. But on his website right now are a few, I guess, broad strokes, if you will, one of which saying is saying that Congress needs another stimulus package, which is Democrats have been pushing for. Right. We all got. I mean, a lot of people got stimulus checks and uh, are still waiting for their stimulus checks. But he's saying that it's not enough. We would need additional checks to families. And we would also he he's throwing in some student loan relief, a minimum of ten thousand dollars per person of federal student loan relief, as proposed by Senator Warren and, and her colleagues. So he is, you're right, taking pages out of some of the other nominees books or uh, candidates books in order to put this together. He also says that we should increase the monthly Social Security checks by two hundred dollars a month and provide emergency paid sick leave to everybody who needs it. Nobody left out and that no one should have to pay a dollar for a test. Wow. I mean, that's I think that those are the things that that we want to hear. And some of those things have come out of the the coronavirus task force with Donald Trump right now and the Republican leadership uh, in the Senate. But there it's sort of been post facto, right? It's sort of been like, okay, people are losing their jobs. We're having the fastest growth of unemployment that we've had. You know, first at first it was since the 2008 recession and now it's versus against the Great Depression and the stock market crash. And, and then it's all of a sudden like, oh, well, OK, yeah, well, then we're going to start to do some of these things. But we haven't really heard them. You know, there's still last estimates. It was 80 million last week. I think it's down to 60 million people still haven't received their stimulus checks. And so right. it's it's nice that this is sort of and, and, and I will say, you know, I, OK, so what I was going to say was that it's nice that this seems like a plan that you're being prepared for. Right. Rather than having to react at the same time, it is difficult to. I don't want to put all the blame necessarily on Donald Trump for not being prepared because who had prepared for the economic impact of something like this, right? And so a lot of what that his administration has had to do is just be reactionary, right? So I'm not going to like put all the blame on him and be like, oh, you know, how could you not prepare for this? Well, no one knew the economic impact of something like this that was going to happen. So, you know, I, I think it's really it's it's really interesting. Biden is already saying, though, that they're, he's going to produce these detailed plans specifically for funding with healthcare jobs, green infrastructure, initiatives to rebuild the domestic manufacturing manufacturing of critical supplies to help Americans who lost jobs um, and and the very specific things that you mentioned as well on the website that at least he's sort of got a little bit of a leg up in terms of he can say these are the things I'm going to do because he's got time to plan for it. Yeah. And I love that on his website. He also has to detail that he w- that when it comes to public health experts, he, he said, listen, literally, we should listen to them. Wow. What a revolutionary. Oh, oh, how about <laughs> my that? Goodness. Oh, my Wow, what a rogue. He's going to listen to them. Right. He's, he's a rebel. A rebel man. 
drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject presents. News it or lose it. News it or lose it time. That means I have three headlines in front of me and James has three decisions to make. He's going to decide what you hear about next. It's news it or lose it. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Sounds like that's the good China. Right. Uh, (laughs) Exactly. Okay. Here's your first headline, James. New Uh evidence against Carol Baskin has surfaced. (gasps) Okay. Yeah. It's been a few weeks since we've talked about Tiger King. Let's do it. Uh, uh-huh. All right. Headline number two. Another restaurant gets creative, not with mannequins, but with something you might find in your local sex shop. Oh, totally. And then finally, headline number three. Priest squirts holy water on churchgoers with water gun to maintain social distancing. Wait, what? Oh, that's funny. I think that's all I need to know. Mm. It seems pretty hysterical. Why are they still having church, by the way? Just, <laughs> I mean, whatever. I know some pretty funny priests. I'm, I'm hoping this priest was doing this being funny. Uh, well, I mean, it, it's a little bit of a disturbing image because he's just standing on a street corner. He's not really in a church. Oh, God, he's not in church. All right, fine. We got to news it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Father Father Tim Pelk, that's his name. He is getting uh, he's getting creative when it comes to blessing his churchgoers and I guess because you can't go into the church right now. Uh-huh. He is kind of just blessing people in drive-through form. Oh. So oh people are driving by. I mean, if you were just walking down the street and you saw from a distance this happening, you would probably call the police. <laughs> right. You're seeing a man in a large cloth with a mask on pointing a, a, a weapon, what looks like a weapon, at a car. And somebody said, but then you get closer and you realize that, oh, that, that gun is lime green and it's actually spewing water. But it's holy water. And uh-huh. now he's given himself some overnight internet popularity because uh-huh. he's been, uh, this is happening in Detroit. Uh, he prides himself on having pretty wacky mind, of course, and pretty uh-huh. accept and a pretty accepting congregation. And the original idea, I guess, was to do something for the kids of the parish. So I thought, oh, what can we still do that would observe all the protocols of social distancing? So he came up with the idea of using a water gun to bless his parishioners' Easter baskets. Um, Easter baskets. So you just, well, you just come, but this just happened. That's weird. You, you come by. Well, yeah, maybe he started with Easter baskets and it's carried and on. He's just since still then, doing right? it. That makes sense. So he, you're just saying people just drive by and he squirts you with holy water. Yeah. Standing on a street corner. Is this yeah. priest white? Yes. Yes, he is, James. Uh-huh. Okay. Just, uh, just wanted to slide that in there. But yeah. still very, I'm glad that he's being creative and being having fun shooting people from a distance with water I, guns. Yeah, but you you make a really good point, James. If this was happening (laughs) to a person of color, I don't know how long they would be doing it. Standing on the street corner with a water gun in Detroit, if I were a person of color, would probably not be alive. Just saying. Right? Yeah, anyway. Great, great. Great. Why don't we move over to South Carolina, shall we? Oh, because stuff like this never happens there either. (laughs) (laughs) And then we'll end with Tiger King. It's just a real smorgasbord okay (laughs) so there's a restaurant in south carolina and they 
uh, obviously have reopened, but they have to adhere to social distancing and, you know, smaller capacity in their restaurant. And they have used an unusual method. Get ready for a million of these stories, guys, because uh, it's, gonna it's be great. starting with mannequins. Next is these blow up dolls, and it's just going to get more creative from there. Um, now, this <laughs> restaurant is using blow some blow up dolls. dolls that they are putting in the booths in order to make people feel like the restaurant is full. And if you look at these things, they don't look like sex doll blow-up dolls. They kind of almost look like a cross between a mannequin and uh, a mannequin and a, a sex doll or a blow-up doll because they have uh-huh. like faces and clothes on and things like that. It's um, not like, uh, like the face is not like big round lips and an O shape. Just like no. instantly, no. Okay, no, that would be fine with me. Be like, still hungry? Your mouth's open. Okay. <laughs> Let me show you my O face. O O O. But like, why are we so obsessed with? Like, why do we need to put blow up dolls or mannequins or anything in the restaurant? Why are we so, as humans, uncomfortable going into a restaurant that's empty? Can't we just be in an empty restaurant? No, because then it means it's not good. Does everyone else know something that I don't? Why is nobody here? This feels weird. If I just wanted to go sit in an empty room and eat by myself or with my partner, I might as well have just stayed at home. Like, I can appreciate a little bit that there needs you. That's part of the going to a restaurant, right? Like, imagine going to like a Mexican restaurant that's like known for like having a mariachi band and like whatever and like all these things and then it's just like empty and quiet. I mean, I can appreciate this. I've th- I loved the humor of it, but I think in our new normal, sorry to use that, we're just going to have to get used to just like eating in restaurants that aren't very full. Yeah, and that's okay. We're just going to have to sit in that uncomfortability for a little bit. And as I-, I will say, as somebody who used to be a waitress at the American Girl Cafe, I have had to serve dolls before dolls okay i've had to <laughs> so this is so this is really about your own personal trauma the, finale, right? <laughs> i just really want to spread the message to not make these waiters and waitresses actually pretend to wait tables on the mannequins on the sex dolls on whether it's i don't know a, a menagerie i don't know what is going to be next but please just have give these waitresses and waiters a little bit of dignity and make sure that they only have to wait on the human people because the scarring that has taken place (laughs) in my heart I've spent a lot of money on therapy trying to undo the damage that Uh that that serving lemonade and tea to inanimate objects (laughs) has done to my psyche has inflicted oh All right, we have one more story for you, but we must take a break. When we come back, I'll tell you about Carol Baskin, and we'll get to young people watching old movies. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject. Welcome back. Hi, nice to see you. Now, we've got one more story for News It or Lose It, and then we must see how the watching experience of the office, of Office Space, went for our dear friend, Jesse. Now, Tiger King, of course, everyone's, everyone's watching it. If you watched it, you probably have thoughts about Carol Baskin and whether or not she murdered her husband. There was a rumor going around that after her ex-husband went missing, she killed him and fed him to her lions and tigers. (laughs) Oh, my. Oh, my. Don Lewis, that's his name. He's been missing for a very long time. And some new possible evidence has resurfaced in the form of some documents specifically the power of a power of attorney document and his will and testament. They have 
This was all traced, apparently, from his marriage record, according to a handwriting expert. A handwriting expert went over these documents and was like, no, this was the signature from his marriage record laid over the power of attorney and the will and traced. And then traced? Yeah, and he said it's not difficult (gasps) to tell. This is a pretty open and shut, easy but then Case. it brings like up all of those things. Like, is this admissible? Is someone going to press charges? Like, what about the ex-wife and the daughters? Like, are they going to bring this up? And like, ah, the drama continues. I don't, I mean, is there a statute of limitations on feeding your husband to tigers? I, you know, that's a great question, James. I don't no. think so. We need to get, we need to get a, a tiger feeding expert on. I mean, not to make light of it. Like, I'm not joking about his disappearance, but just <laughs> like in general, like expert. this is uh, very interesting. Um, Excellent. Well, very good news that I lose it, Allie. Thank you very much. Oh, of course. Now, let's get to Jesse's homework over the weekend. Our producer, Jesse, is, I think, 11, and he has not seen any movies. So we like to assign him movies in young people watching old movies. And we've had him watch all kinds of things so far. True Grit, uh, Some Like It Hot, mm-hmm. Titanic. Alien, Titanic. So uh, these classic movies that most people reference in daily conversation that Jesse doesn't understand the references. He doesn't know who the actors are. And Office Space was another one that he had not heard of or seen. So we made him watch it over the weekend. We definitely feel we've done you a favor. So just, I know you can't chime in, Jesse, but nod of the head or shake of the head. Did you enjoy the movie? He's like, uh, maybe. I'm not sure. Jesse, how did you feel about the movie? Did you enjoy it? You can nod. He said yes, his, he did enjoy the movie, even though his headphone fell out. Okay. Okay. Stay, okay. So oh, wow. good review. Okay. Very good. That's two thumbs up in whatever his generation is. What is Mille- it? Zennial? I don't know. Millennial. Zennial. Late, oh, late millennial. You're not a late millennial. No, you're not a millennial. You're something else. <laughs> you're like a young, you're like a late something else. You're like a younger whatever. And, oh, stop it. Whatever. We're going to come up with. You guys help us figure out what the hell generation yeah, Jesse is. Yeah, what's Jesse? What is what Generation is Jesse, Jesse? Or is it but called he, just Generation Jesse? Because I'm fine with that too. <laughs> generation Jesse. Either way, the generation doesn't matter because he liked Office Space, which means there are some good positive brain cells going on in there. Here's his review. Drop the subject presents young people watching old movies. So Office Space, a dry comedy where this guy hates his cute little job. So he goes to a hypnotherapist and has a revelation and convenient plot device number one. He then manipulates all his friends into stealing over $300,000 from his work, which they quickly realized they couldn't even get a house for in L.A. with that kind of money. So they try to return it. And if it couldn't get even more 90s, it starred French actress Jennifer Aniston. They jump a fax machine. A stapler causes the building to burn down. So like in Independence Day, if you kill the source of the computer virus, stealing all the money, all your problems go away. They all lose their jobs. The end. This has been Young People Watching Old Movies. Here's looking at you, kid. You know, that is a solid review, and I did not get a chance to watch the movie over the weekend because my I didn't want to pay anything for the movie. Uh-huh. Um, but it seems that he got the gist of it, and I wonder, Jesse, if you've ever heard of a, or used a fax machine in your lifetime. No? That's a thumbs down. Great. Never never used it, but he does know what it is. Have you ever beaten a fax machine silly in the middle of a few... I, whatever. We'll get to more of that later. This is Drop the Subject. Drop the Subject. The new Channel Q. A fresh new hour of radio here. It's Drop the Subject with Allie and James, and we are going to get into a lovely game called Maskiogi. Oh, yay! We're going <laughs> to do round three and four today and get ready for rounds five, six through ten. The rest of the... No, we're kidding. 
right? we're not. No more maskioki, we promise. Well, I think that's still up for debate. It is Maskioki Gate. It's a very polarizing game, but this game is also a little bit polarizing. Uh, the name probably needs some work, but this, for the first time ever here on Drop the Subject, is a game we like to call Is It Karen? <laughs> That's right. Yes. People are getting very upset right now. They're trying to go out and do things like they would normally do, like get ice cream and go on a picnic and go to a Whole Foods without a mask on. And then when they're confronted with wearing a mask, they get very upset and they want their red lobster and they want to talk to the manager and they want a refund and it seems like karen is getting the blame for most of this everyone that posts these videos goes oh here's karen going off again Mm -hmm. but is it really a karen now this is something that happened over the weekend at a gelson's in dana point a woman got very upset i'll explain in well the She'll explain it to you very clearly at a high, shrill volume. Uh-oh. Um, we will gather as much information as we can, and then you, James, will guess whether this person is named Karen or not. <laughs> That's just it. Just Karen or not. All right, very good. Is it good. Karen? I think, I, it, well, it might be easier than we think. I don't know. Let's see. All right. Here's how it starts. Hi. Please don't mind the Michael Jackson in the background. Michael Jackson. Uh, Well, this is the music that's playing in the (laughs) Gelson's. So she walks up. She's at the door. She has not gone inside. And she's asking to speak to the manager already. So if you want to write that down, it might be important. Hi, I have a medical condition that I'm not allowed to wear a mask. And I'm not required by HIPAA rules and regulations to disclose that. Okay, can we shop for you? So um, what does that look like? Okay, so this is the beginning. I think that key here is she's already speaking to the manager. It's, you know, five seconds into this. She does the, uh, that up speak where she goes, hi, um, hi. I, have a, I, have a, I have a medical condition and that's why I don't need to wear a mask according to HIPAA. You know, when she's got uh, that kind of passive aggressive up speak happening. And then she's already like quoting HIPAA or whatever. Like she like came in to fight. Yep. She came yes. in already. And my first thought as a medical professional is if you have a medical condition where you cannot wear a mask, you should not be out shopping. Don't like, go shopping. Don't don't go shopping. Use a delivery service. Call a friend. Like, hey, yeah, yeah. Okay. I have private things I want to get, but maybe I don't want you to see. For you, but I can't let you in the store without a mask. Okay. So where's the regulations that state that? The regulations. Yeah. That, that is company. Because you're discriminating against me now. Do you know that? I'm, I'm, oh okay. my God! Are you so. kidding me right now? You're discriminating against me. I mean, it depends on what state or municipality this person lives in, right? Like states have their own things and then counties and municipalities, whatever. But those things are pretty easy to see. Like literally you can just pull them up. And oh, by the way, if she has, she been living under a rock, like everyone's got to wear masks pretty much everywhere. Right. And I mean, this is Dana Point in California, so it's a beachy town. She for sure needs to be wearing a mask then. (laughs) What is that? Oh, whatever. I can't. Okay. So she's very upset. She You're feels discriminated, discriminated against, against which I don't think she knows what discrimination is because Correct. being told you can't go into a store without a mask. Oh, you don't have a mask. You can't come to the store. I don't think that's the definition of discrimination. Oh, I know what the definition of cereal is and I, I can't <laughs> word for word describe it, but, but I don't think that's discrimination. You're discriminating against that me. We can help you. No, because I have okay. private, inf- I have private stuff that I don't want you to see. Then you can call corporate office, but I can't help you. Okay. Well, if you guys don't get a lawsuit. 
Okay. okay. Now we've got lawsuit has you- entered the picture. <laughs> she's already, I mean, this conversation has lasted less than 60 seconds and she's already threatening to sue someone. Like, so, I just don't, I mean, the, the unjust or prejudicial treatment of different categories of people or things, especially on the grounds of race, age, or sex, right. is how Webster's it doesn't say mask. discrimination. It doesn't say mask. It also says, like, this is very clear. I don't understand. People have this willful, like, willful ignorance of the science and of the facts. Like, just because the fact is inconvenient for you and you don't like it doesn't mean you get to ignore it. The policy is that to keep you and everyone else safe, you need to wear a GD mask. <laughs> and so just wear the damn mask. And if you can't wear a mask, then there are other ways. People can help you. Ugh, I can't. I hate this. Well, if you can't, how, how is that? How's that helping when you're going to do shopping for me? I'm going to give you my bank information. How do I how do I do the transaction? I'm going to give you my banking information. Okay, so this goes on. She's about to say her name. That'd be great. Now, is it a Karen? Is it a Karen is the question that you must answer. Is her name Karen? She's about to say her name. She's been live streaming this entire thing. She's live streaming it? Yeah, this is her videoing it. So this is why she came in ready to fight. She was already live streaming it. She already had like, she. this was very premeditated on her part. She totally did this whole thing and set it up. I don't care what her name is. I have like crazy not respect for her. Like just trying to like put people on blast this way. Like, is she gone that quarantine crazy? I don't care what her name is. She's acting like a Karen. So I think therefore she just categorically gets to be called Karen. Let's find this out. Shelly Lewis. I'm at um, Dana oh, Point Gelson's. Shelly Lewis. Shelly, Karen, Lewis. <laughs> her initials are SKL. Is it Karen? It was not a Karen. It was a Shelly. But I'm sure we will have other rounds of is it Karen? Uh, I don't know if it's going to be this week or next, but many Karens have gone wild. This is Drop the Subject. No Karens here. We'll be right back. Drop the Subject. The new Channel Q. Drop the Subject. New Channel Q. I, last break, did not get that that was Karen. Her name was Shelly. Shelly <laughs> Lewis, everyone. Her name is Shelly Karen Lewis. I'm so sorry. Still so upset about that. I'm also, you know, I'm a little bit crazy about words, Allie, and I'm a little upset that she used the word utilize incorrectly, but that's my thing. I'll get over it. Um, that is that what you're the most upset about? Right, it might actually be. And I just the most upset that she went in like ready to pick a fight and then uh, whatever. And someone who she works around pulled up pe- to that Gelson's with a with a mission on her. She like did. she had already, yeah. She was like, here I go. Uh-huh. I don't need to wear a mask. I don't. The bottom line is that Shelly did not want to wear a mask. Right. I don't believe she has an underlying health condition. She didn't want to wear a mask. And she wanted to be able to walk into her Gelson's and get her whatever bacon wrapped scallops without dealing with wearing a mask. And she wanted to be the exception to the rule. Well, and, and it, that's what the ask the manager people always want. Right. Well, and listen, she right. I want to be the exception to the rule. One of the best pieces of advice I have ever been given in my entire life. And and this, it really did come from a place of love and care and support. I was told by someone who is still a very mentor to me and an extremely successful person told me you are not special. 
And you're not special. It we if if you realize how not special you are, you actually then sort of realize different things like these are the gifts that I do have. These are the ways that I can contribute to the world. Like these are the these are the different, you know, this is what I bring that is unique to me and in the situation, but it doesn't make me special. It doesn't make me more important than anyone else. And I would I really sort of want the whole world to know that like you're not special. This virus is not going to just bypass you. Anyway, whatever. I could go on. But, Allie, the Shelley Lewis's of the world, the Karens of the world, they're starting to get a little crazy, as we can tell. And the rest of us are starting to get a little bit crazy, too. And we're starting to flirt with that idea of maybe we can see some friends, right? Maybe yeah. we can go out and about. Maybe we can do a little bit of stuff here. And um, Well, you're seeing, I saw little speckles of outdoor Instagram posts this uh-huh, weekend. Uh-huh. I did venture outdoors, which we'll talk about a little later in the Monday Munch Report. But uh-huh. people are starting to peek their little heads out. And you're going to start getting messages from friends saying, want to go to the beach? <laughs> and you're going to have to navigate that. Uh-huh. You're going to have to decide. I mean, full disclosure, we had someone... To our backyard this weekend. <gasps> you did. It was really, so really you don't juicy and interesting. They came in the side gate. We had the gate open. They came in. They sat on one end of a seven foot long table. <laughs> we sat on the other end. They had their own glass, their own bottle of wine, their own like uh-huh. whatever. We didn't touch any of it. They didn't touch any of ours. They brought their own like stuff. Like, and we literally stayed apart. We chatted for about an hour, hour and a half, and then they got up and left. So, yeah, I think timing as well is important because it, when you, if you do decide to meet up with somebody, the amount of time you're going to spend together has something to do with it as well, whether it's a half an hour, hey, just stop by for an hour. But if you're spending all day or several days with somebody, that could maybe... It changes. Yep. It totally changes things. Well, and so, you know, the LA Times, God bless them. They were like, all right, we know y'all are doing this. So let's just talk to an expert about what we should do. And they kind of put together seven different scenarios of what are the risk of these individual scenarios. And I thought this was really fascinating. We should absolutely share it with everyone, but I'm going to kind of do it as a little little mini quiz, Allie. We only have about 90 seconds, so I'm going to mini quiz you quickly, okay? So let's say uh, there's an opportunity for two families to gather for a barbecue in the backyard with families staying six feet apart. How risky do you think that is? What is the scale one to 10, one to Karen, what? Uh, <laughs> I like I like one to Karen. All right, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say six out. Of, I'm gonna say five out of ten Karens. Five out of ten Karens. I th- you're you're pretty close. They're saying uh, this could be easy to do if it were only adults, but because kids were involved, it's probably going to be more like seven and a half out of ten Karens. Like this Ooh. one's pretty dangerous. Okay, because it's just hard to corral the kids. So they're saying eh, probably not do this one. How about this one, Allie? I believe you've gone down this path before. Pun intended. A socially distanced walk with. Some drift, but ultimately trying to stay six feet apart. Okay, that is got to be a three out of 10 Karens because I did that and I felt pretty safe. Yep. There's this uh, infectious disease expert from Emory University School of Medicine says this is probably like a two out of 10 Karen, a relatively low risk. Nice. Everyone's okay, wearing cool. their masks or staying apart. Yeah. Uh, I feel no guilt. How about a mom's night out in the backyard? No kids, no spouses. Bring your own everything. Stay six feet apart. Mom's night out. Mm-hmm. That's got to be 
just because it's mom's night out, I'm going to do eight out of 10 Karens. So they're saying, <laughs> they're saying essentially it could be two out of 10 Karens, but if mom's night out gets a little crazy, like mom's night uh-huh. out sometimes does with too much wine, it then turns into like 10 out of 10 Karens. Yeah, right. Very, it depends very, on the very Karens. Not good. And then finally, I know we got to go, but the, uh, essentially what we did this, this weekend, they, they categorize this as drinks apart, uh, excuse me, drinks around a fire pit, chairs six feet apart. Oh, well, that's that's two out of that's well, all right. I'm gonna do a three out of ten Karens. Yep, they're saying three to five out of uh, Karens, just depending on again how much alcohol is consumed around said fireplace. <laughs> so there you go, from an infectious disease expert at Emory University. Thank you, LA Times. That's your guide on slowly starting to trickle back out. This is drop the subject. Drop the subject. The new channel Q. Well, believe it or not, there are other things going on in the food world other than pancake cereal and bread making. And I I did something this weekend that I have not done in many months. Mm. I I and that was go venture to a farmers market because are you really living if you're not buying overpriced honey? This is the Monday Munch Report. <laughs> Now, James, do you love a good farmer's market? Because as a white lady, I sure do. <laughs> I was going to say, you know, there's a, there's a whole thing about farmer's market. And sometimes I, I mean, I appreciate it for what it is. I think it's super fun. My husband really loves it. I think he wishes we would go more. Um, I sort of, I, I appreciate it. I get it. Um, especially, you know, I, I, I get it as a Midwesterner who grew up around agriculture culture, right? And like supporting independent farmers and things like that and whatever. Like I totally understand it and I get it. The obsession with it, I don't mm. get. The like, okay. I have to go. I have my farmer's markets bags. I have my farmer's market outfit. Like I spend like six hours there on a Saturday. Like I, that I don't understand. So I, I'm not a regular as far as farmer's markets go, but every once in a while we'll go and we'll spend way, I, I don't go very often because we end up spending way too much money because my wife is the, she is the, the she is every salesman's dream come true. <laughs> she is just walking around saying, sell something to me. I'm willing to buy literally anything. Like whatever it is. Yeah. Yes. Like if someone's like, do you want to try this, you know, like insert whatever it is here. Uh She'd be like, absolutely. Nitrate free, you know, like grass fed lamb jerky with, you know, like belt. Right. (laughs) Anything. And she would be like, yep, I need that hundred percent. And I need to pay way too much money for it. And they're Uh like, great. It's two It's two times the price Tuesday. And she's like, awesome. Like that's the type of person she is. (laughs) Double the price Wednesday. So part of the farmer's market experience for me is wrangling her and making sure that we don't spend an asinine amount of money, especially when there's jewelry and crystals involved. She's Uh like, Ooh, this. And I'm like, this is just another lady who took a bunch of rocks wrapped it in pieces of gold that she found and made a necklace out of it and she's selling them for like 80 bucks a pop and you know my, my wife cannot get enough so we went to them we were like you know what why don't we try to do something a little fun and normal and go to a farmer's market there was one about 30 minutes from us that was open and they've i think i guess they've been open but not any of there were no there was no jewelry there was no crystals because only the food was there mm. 
they probably didn't want lots of different people touching crystals and things and putting them on and, you know, like whatever. So I, I can see that. Uh-huh. Sure. There, so we, we, we were about to walk into the farmer's market. They said, no, you have to go all the way around. They were regulating where people entered and exited. So it'd just be one flow of traffic, right? Okay. Uh-huh. So, so we waited. We, and then we had got to the part where we could enter and it was a six feet apart line situation. We were like, damn it. But it actually went by really fast. We got inside. So then we, we go up into the, we're like, ah, oh, we're here, the farmer's market. We've got our little totes ready to go. We've got cash on hand. And we start perusing. And then there are lines as far as like six feet apart to go up and buy things at each farmer's market stand. Hmm. And my wife goes, all right, let's just get in line. I was like, what? She was like, I don't know. We have to buy these artichokes. Let's just buy them. And I was like, but <laughs> the farmer's market about like wandering and... And and going like, hey, what do you got? Ooh, these tomatoes look good. But what about these over here? Blah, blah, blah. And then what about this person lecturing me about the honey? And it's made from avocados versus wildflowers. Right, right, right. Uh, that's what the farmer's market is about. And I think that's what was lost was that it, I walked up to a booth that I had actually seen before. It was a guy who sells German sausages. I've met the guy before. Last time I saw him, he was so friendly. We sat there talking to him for 20 minutes, trying nice. every different sausage they have. Well, this is the turkey canaks, and this is the this and that. And my grandfather's from this place. And it was that that was the farmer's market experience, right? Uh-huh, it was that right. we had that long conversation. We tried everything. You can. It's better than Costco in terms of samples. You can just try them all day. Everybody wants, to, wants you to come over. So I walk up to the guy. I'm like, hey, what's up? And he's like, what can I get you? Oh, no. He's lost "Um." all of his farmer's market finesse. (laughs) So I was like, I'll take the turkey connects. (laughs) They're like, great. Here you go. Thank you. And you could there's only one customer per time. So you you can't even be like, aren't these cute to another person? It's just literally walking up asking for what you want, buying it and walking away. We were out of the farmer's market in 15 minutes. I was oh like, my. I so feel like we just went grocery shopping. Right, right. You basically just went to an outdoor grocery store is all, <laughs> yes. all that you did. And I guess I appreciate that. You're right. Like you, you try different things and you do whatever and you smell different yeah. stuff and that's the whole point. You like feel all communal and community and all that yes. crap at a farmer's market. And then, yeah, when it's not there and you're just standing in line six feet apart to buy the artichoke that you don't really need, it's basically just the grocery store. Right. Now you're just like, now I just paid $20 for these three artichokes and they're not even that great. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Yes, hour number three is winding down, but the good news is that the top of hour number four is about to begin. And boy, do we have some exciting things to still bring you. We are going to learn from the 1950s when we come back during the next break. Um, Racism and misogyny? No, no, no. Oh, we're gonna oh. we're gonna leave all that stuff, I think. But we're gonna <laughs> learn about our personalities because oh. there were a lot of 1950s PSAs. And let's face it, we are going back in time a little bit when you consider Mel's drive-ins doing car hop service and uh, you know people be- making bread again, being very domestic. Uh, you know, drive-in movie theaters, all that stuff is coming back. So we might as well look to the 1950s for a little bit of advice. And I do have a PSA on how to have a better personality, which we will get to. Let's face it, I think both of us could use it. We'll get into it at the top of the next hour. But right now, we wanted to share with you the results of the gayest news announcements of the week, because we did have some news headlines and also just some signage and different announcements that were being made during COVID. All were nominees, and there were four finalists. We will read the finalists to you, and you could have voted 
on Instagram story. So we will reveal the winner. But let's get to the nominees first. Absolutely. Nominee number one. COVID test in the rear. Great announcement. (laughs) Absolutely. Number two. Paris man gets unexpected visit from a pushy black bear. So pushy. Oh, my God. I hate it when Ever, pushy. Can you relate? <laughs> I mean, hello, right? <laughs> Number three. Woman has been wearing only Tegan and Sarah shirts every day since quarantine. I mean, if there's... I don't think there's anything gayer than that for a woman. Right, pretty, I will, pretty much. I will have to say. Yeah, yeah. Even for a man, I think. And <laughs> finally... Last but certainly not least, please refrain from touching other people's balls. Please remember to wash your hands after touching your own balls. Thank you. That was an announcement, a gay news annou- or gay announcement that was in a bowling alley. I don't think it was meant to be gay, but it is after a very long voting process. It is the clear winner in this week's gayest news announcements of the week. Please refrain from touching other people's balls. Please remember to wash your hands after touching your own balls. Thank you. Thank you, Allie. Is that something you think about often after touching your own balls that you want to go wash your hands? Um, no. <laughs> no. But isn't it the most hygienic thing to do after touching your balls, Allie, is to then wash your hands? Well, I think you have to have balls to have that problem, James. But you you do have balls when you play. Don't all lesbians play softball? Oh, those balls. Yes, those yeah. balls are very dirty. We don't wash them enough. Oh, um, yeah. That's, that's no. what I mean. What did you think I meant, Allie? I thought you meant balls. Actual balls. Like bowling balls? <laughs> this is what is going on. <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a kind of as crazy as the hashtag that was trending this weekend, by the way, which is super fun. Fake social distancing facts. And if you just need a little laugh, you know, a lot of times Twitter is not the place to go to get a laugh, but sometimes it can be. And uh, hashtag fake social distancing facts was trending this weekend. And we compiled just a quick little list in our social media segment of some of the best hashtag fake social distancing facts, including... Number one, I love this. You don't have to social distance if you're using birth control. Ah, yes. I think mm-hmm. everyone knows that. That's, again, not a problem that a lesbian has most of the time. Yeah. Um, another one is if you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge Corona. That's a <laughs> reference from Dodgeball, fantastic film. Uh Uh-huh, right. Um, Actually, I don't know if this, they kind of glossed over this in the history books a little bit, but I I, I wish they'd go back and cover it a little bit more, but not practicing social distancing is actually what killed off the dinosaurs. Oh, little known fact. Unbelievable. Yeah. uh Uh, If you go to the beach, crabs are legally allowed to stab you if you don't follow social distance rules. So just remember that when you go to the beach. Correct. I have actually had the next one. Someone tried to almost in a real actual way describe this one to me. This person is very tall. And the hashtag fake social distancing fact is if you're six feet tall, then you don't have to do it as in (laughs) social distance. Now, I did have someone who was very tall say everyone who is everyone who I'm around is shorter than me. And when they sneeze or cough or talk, it goes out and then drops down. So nothing's coming up to me. Do I need to wear a mask? And when I picked myself up off of the floor from laughing, I was like, yeah, still got to work. Oh, damn. They have a good point, though. I understand. Yeah. My wife, when we were in a uh, we were in line somewhere and this weekend and Katie was like, 
This doesn't look like six feet. I'm taller than this. If I laid down right now, it's like, go ahead, lay down. I want you to lay down right now in between <laughs> those two lay X's. Down on the just right. And I just said it will be worth it. I must know. We'll be right back. We're going to learn from the 1950s next. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Well, lock up your ankle bladders, daddy-o, because it's time to learn from the 1950s right here on Drop the Subject with Allie Johnson. I know, a girl on the radio and a gay man. What decade are we living in? (laughs) A girl and a gay man who both need to fix their personality. Yes. Well, we are going a little bit back in time when it comes to the times of COVID-19. I mean, you walk down the street, you see people playing Frisbee again. You see people are posting pictures of their bread recipes, their sharing recipes. I mean, cooking videos are pretty much the most popular thing on the internet right now other than cats and and goats. And, you know, people are going back to old school things like drive-in movie theaters and car hop service. And we're kind of, people are going to be having... Uh, winter formals and oh, yeah. uh, you know all kinds of stuff it's a whole thing I'm, I've just been wearing pumps and pearls around the house for the last week or so I, I that's fantastic yeah. I think that would have that would now would that have happened any other day oh probably oh you yeah. mean I should reference something about the 50s now that was the point oh no <laughs> I kid I kid <laughs> hey. I kid Okay, so we're going to learn from the 1950s. I am uh, struggling to get through the rest of this show. I will be honest. I feel awful right now. But um, let's let's learn from the 1950s. We're going to learn something about our personalities, which, let's face it, um, I could definitely use. I don't know about you, James. I don't. I mean, uh, apparently the show is now called James and the Bitch, so I feel like this segment's really more for it's more you. More about you, me. Isn't yeah. It? Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's learn from the 1950s. Personality. We often talk about personality. Boy, has she got personality. Sexism. About 13 <laughs> seconds in. Right. Uh-huh. What is your personality? It is the way you get along with other people around you and with your changing environment. You want certain things from other people and from environment. The way to go about getting those things reveals your personality. Oh, this is information that a lot of people could use right now, right? I mean, I think, our environments yeah. are changing and the people that we're around are changing. And according to this, that's what determines our personality. Our personality says a lot about the Shelley Lewis's and Karen's of the world, how they interact with the environment around them. That's very true. I wonder what Shelley and Karen will have to say about these lessons. Did you ever want to go one place? When the gang wanted to go somewhere else? Did you ever want to go into a Gelson's without a mask on, but you don't have an underlying medical condition? (laughs) How pleasant was your personality? How effective was your personality? Did you ever feel alone, out of place, when you wanted very much to be part of the group? Let's see how personality works. Bill Woodruff here has something on his mind. He wants something. Okay, so now we've we've entered with there's a player entering this. His name is Billy and he wants something, James. Uh, I also I also feel like we're starting to get creep down that road of like the best way to have a personality is to be like everyone else. (laughs) (laughs) If you're a woman, the best way to have a personality is to keep quiet and let other people just make decisions about you. (laughs) What does Billy want? How he goes about getting it and the kind of success he has will reveal his personality. Mom! Oh, Mom! 
You needn't shout. I'm right here. Have the car. <laughs> I better say no. But, Mom, you can't. Bill isn't doing so well, is he? Oh, my God. Okay, so now the announcer's making some very harsh judgments about Bill because he wants to borrow his mom's car and his mom won't let him. Uh, and I, I mean, okay, so this, I was going to ask, who's the audience for this? Like, clearly it's like high schoolers. I, you know, you say Bill Woodruff. I was thinking this guy's like 48. But no, he's like, and I was like, <laughs> but mom. And I'm like, oh, wait, this is targeted to junior high school kids? But all right, Yeah, sorry. I mean, Bill was like the hot new young kid name back uh, Apparently, then. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. What went wrong? Your personality is the way you affect other people. Think about that. Can he have a better effect on his mother? Let's see how Bill changes his personality. Oh, okay. Allie, let take me a listen. help, Mom. Oh, all right. How would you like to go to the movies tonight, Mom? Oh. It's cool there. I think we might use the car tonight. Okay, so now he invites his mom to the drive-ins, which I think is pretty creepy. And her reaction <laughs> is, no, why don't you go ahead and you can use the car. And voila. Oh, thanks, Mom. You're swell. Did you see how much more pleasing Bill's personality was? Oh. Did you see how to improve your personality? <laughs> so well, let's go to another house in town. Uh-huh. <laughs> Before we go to another house in town, basically, you just have to be like passive aggressively manipulative to have a nice personality like that's what the yeah that's what they're basically right. saying I'm is gonna, just do reverse psychology on your own mother yeah and I get mean, her hopes up by inviting her out and then ditch her and, and take the car <laughs> and then so then it, your mother's traumatized from that for forever so so far i feel like ali your personality is great okay marie wants something oh now marie bill woodruff barney do you have my scissors Oh, now things are getting lesbianic. Uh-oh. Someone wants some scissors. Your reactions don't get... Well, what's this? Yes, another part of personality is the way other people affect you. Oh. And if other people have a bad effect on you, it may be time to do something about your personality. Okay, so if other people are bothering you, it's you. It's your problem. Uh, apparently. It's your personality. It's your problem. You need to fix your personality. Okay, so now I have to skip forward because we're running out of time. I'll tell you about it tomorrow. Well, let me see you when you're all dressed up, will you, sis? Sure, funny guy. See the difference? Nope. Marie concentrated on her brother instead of on herself. And the result was a better personality. Like a good woman, she didn't concern herself with herself. She only concerned herself with a man in her life, just like she should. Yeah, you know, I think that when it comes to personality for women, it's just focus on the other people that are not you and put yourself last. And that's what makes for a good personality. So I don't really know what we learned here. It, they have a whole separate chapter on environment and how you adapt to your environment when your environment's changing, which let's face it, a lot of us do have a changing environment. But I don't know if we really need to listen to lesson number three, because I don't know if lessons one and two were even effective. That sounds like Regardless, a pretty, uh, pretty bad personality, bad attitude, Allie. Maybe you do need to listen a little more. Oh. Be a real woman. All right. I'm going to go Scissor Marie. I'll be right back. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Let's go on to another important part of your personality. How does a changing environment affect you? Does your personality keep pace with new circumstances, new situations? Here's a new situation. The summer formal. Ah, well, of course, in this 1950s PSA, it's the summer formal. For us in 2020, it's the COVID-19 pandemic. And I would think, and during this break, you really pointed out, James, that a lot of this 
advice on personality can be applied to the president of the United States. Yeah, I, I think, in fact, I kind of thought it was about him at first, and he yeah, needs yeah. that lesson from the 50s when he was a child, yeah. By concentrating on Barney, Marie overcame her anger. How does a changing environment affect you? Does your personality keep pace with new circumstances? Yeah, did your personality keep pace with the new circumstances? I, I'm pretty sure it ramped up. Strange. You might even feel uncomfortable. Mm. No matter how well you get along with the other person, you still have to meet the challenge of a new environment. Ah, well, this is very good advice for the President of the United States, and I think we should get into the remarks that were made by the former President Barack Obama at some of the commencement ceremonies that happened, the virtual ones, of course, over the weekend. This is Trump around. Whether he's getting advice from Barack Obama or a random guy from the 1950s, I think this is advice that needs to be taken. Of course, the 1950s PSA will just say, why don't you uh, focus on other people instead of yourself, which is pretty self-explanatory. Drink bleach. What? Drink bleach? (laughs) Drink bleach. Drink bleach. That's just, that's all that works. Just drink bleach. Um, Is that your actual advice to the president? No, no, I do not want to be responsible for anyone saying that I told Donald Trump to drink bleach. I'm just saying he I mean, he can tell the whole world and he not get in trouble for it. But if I say it, I'll get in trouble. So no, no one drink bleach ever. Okay, so you watched this commencement thing that happened over the weekend right yeah and i thought it was really cool actually like chris and i were all fired up about this and we're like we can't wait to see barack speak and just like see what's going on and i like lebron and like whatever so we sat down for this thing and of course you know barack didn't speak to like the end of it but the whole time they had like all these different people who showed up who were like there and it was like like some high school kids and, you know, would be like, whatever, here's Megan Rapino, And then Megan Rapino would like do a little thing. And then Megan Rapino would be like, here's Malala. And you're like, oh my gosh, that's great. And then Malala would be like, you know, like I'm awesome. And you guys are going to be more awesome than I am. And by the way, here's, you know, Yara Shahidi. And you're like, uh-huh. oh my God, Yara Shahidi. And then like right. Lena Waithe and like, it just kept going. And you're like all super excited. And I was learning some of the artists that the kids are listening to these days. Cause I'm a little old. So right. Right. That was right. awesome. Like, here's little two EX. And you're like, who's, that what? Like, and he's what? like, what's what? up? I'm little 2EX. And you're like, okay. <laughs> you're like, I'm sorry. Chica was my favorite. I totally downloaded her album. It was really fantastic. And then it just like her performed, who's amazing, you know, it just, just kept going. And then it culminated with LeBron James, who was kind of the host. It culminated with him getting to introduce Barack Obama, which was amazing. Yes. And this is what everyone's talking about. With Barack Obama, he gave a great seven and a half minute commencement speech, which, hey, if you're the class of 2020, I know there's a lot that you're not getting this year but the star-studded cast of people who spoke at your commencement that james just rattled off is pretty nice i mean not a lot of people have that big of a lineup at their commencement yeah ending with barack obama and this is what he had to say uh, when it came to advice for the class of 2020 second do what you think is right doing what feels good what's convenient what's easy that's how little kids think (laughs) Unfortunately, a lot of so-called grown-ups, including some with fancy titles and important jobs, still think that way, Mm -hmm. which is why things are so screwed up. Mm -hmm. I hope that instead you decide to ground yourself in values that last, Mm. like honesty, responsibility, fairness, generosity, respect for others. You won't get it right every time. You'll make mistakes like we all do. But if you listen to the truth that's inside yourself, 
even when it's hard, even when it's inconvenient, people will notice. They'll gravitate towards you. Oh, I mean, when you hear this voice, isn't it so damn comforting? It, it really is. But I do love, I mean, when you're, when we were watching it live in the moment, it was very much like, oh, he is throwing not so subtle, subtle shade. Like, right. I know people are like, no, he was just speaking in generalities. I, I mean, technically he was, but you knew when you were watching this thing that he was very, very specifically speaking about our current leadership. Well, don't worry, because our current leadership was notified of Obama's words, and this is what Donald Trump had to say about it. He's an incompetent president. That's all I can say. Grossly incompetent. Thank you. Cool. Thank you. Bye. I'm going to get on my I'm helicopter, so- <laughs> and go back to Mar-a-Lago and do some more golfing, by the way. Sorry. Speaking of and gross incompetence. He turns around. You improve your personality. In a- yes. Improve your personality. We'll be <laughs> Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Drop the Subject presents News It or Lose It. It's a wild and wacky Monday here on Drop the Subject. (laughs) (laughs) Poor Allie is a little bit under the weather. And before she's even had a chance to get some cold medicine in her, she's already a little bit goofy. I hope it's not a fever. Allie, go take your temperature. Uh, We are about to... Should I go take my temperature? You should go take your temperature. I okay. mean, maybe when the segment's done, like as soon as we go to commercial break, you should, you should okay, go take your I'm gonna temperature. Go, all right. During the so, next break, I will go get a thermometer and take my temperature. Right. Very good. I have uh, three kind of wacky stories for your wacky, hopefully non-febrile brain right now. This is news it or lose it. I've got. I love that you can't, you can't say wacky. You have to say oh, wacky. Oh, wacky. <laughs> wacky and wild. This is like wild and crazy kids. Um. So listen, Allie, I've got three stories. Allie's got a binger, banger, dinger, clanger. Are you ready with, are you prepared? Oh, okay. It was like multiple. Oh, very good. Very good. There we are. Allie will decide Sanctuary. if we. <laughs> Shame. Shame. <laughs> Allie will decide if we talk about hey. these stories or if we lose them. Get it? News it or lose it. Story number one. Man dresses up in ridiculous costumes to embarrass his wife on Zoom calls. Oh, sh- uh, I'm going to lose it. Oh, okay. This was really good. <laughs> really? All right. Final. All right. All right. I can mean, I I change? Can... I'm going to change. Take backsies. Take backsies. Okay. Because I could do that one really fast, too. It's just, it's actually really funny. I think so. it's something you would enjoy doing. Uh, headline number two New York unites in massive Liza Minnelli number for first responders. Oh, love Liza. Sure. We'll news it. Oh, wow. Okay. And uh, headline number three DC Comics adds mutant shark bottoming. To its official canon. What? Uh, yeah, what? I'm going to lose it. <laughs> Even though I think that's a good gay news headline because it had to do with bottoming, but I will lose it still. It does. Yes. Long story short, a well-known bisexual character in DC comic land, John Constantine. It was revealed over the weekend in the uh, Justice League Dark Apocalypse that he used to date King Shark and bottom for him. <laughs> Oh, oh, really? Oh, it was literal bottom. It was okay. literal bottoming. <laughs> and that's, so Twitter went crazy. People went crazy about this because they were like, well, they're talking about bottoming and it's like a mutant shark and it's a whole thing. Anyway, you know how uh, cartoon folks get. So no, that sounds painful. Right. Hey, the listen, original. Well, people think of New York, New York, the Frank Sinatra version. He recorded it in 1980. 
But Liza actually did it first in 1977. She did? She did. She did it first for a Scorsese film in 1977. And a whole bunch of New Yorkers got together and decided that they were going to sing it. Because I don't know if you guys remember, but in lots of places in the world, they're still getting together every night at 7 p.m. or 8 p.m. your local time. And they are doing... Uh, they're singing and clapping and binging and banging and whatever for healthcare workers. So New Yorkers have decided to kind of take this up another level like New Yorkers do. And they're singing the Liza version. Take a listen. There are people out in the street and cars honking and everyone's singing and they're all being socially distant, of course, and people are hanging out of their windows. It's all it all looks like a movie. It really does. It's it's very, very cute. And as a healthcare worker, I very much appreciate uh, everyone celebrating healthcare workers and all of the other essential workers and first responders. And of course, I'm sure Liza loves it as well. Now, when it comes to applauding healthcare workers, what is your top to bottom like like the thing that you would like the best as a gay male would be is like Liza Minnelli flash mob clapping and honking. Is that like the epitome of the best way to congratulate you? And then the flyovers, because I know you don't like the planes. Oh, that was another way to congratulate no. you, but not necessarily <laughs> something you like. What's the, what? Where does this fall I, on you know what I what would, you like? Well, no, I mean I think I, this warms my heart a little bit. So this falls like a five out of ten. I think if you really want to honor, particularly healthcare workers, you would. I think that meme that's going around sums it up the best. I know CDC and 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 people who have studied infectious diseases and virology and epidemiology for 30, 40 years are recommending this. But my friend that I went to high school with that I haven't seen in twenty years posted this on Facebook because he knows the media better than I do. And he's saying that coronavirus is a hoax, so it must be a hoax. Stop listening to that guy. Stay home. Wear your mask. Do what we're telling you to do. That is the best way to honor healthcare workers. Boom. And pizza. And pizza. Last story. This one. I'll do this one quick because you originally lost it, but now you newsed it. Uh, this guy is really funny. So long story short, Kara, who lives in Indiana, is working from home like everybody else. Her husband had this whole shtick about embarrassing her in public. Her husband's name is Matt. And wherever they would go, they would he would embarrass her in public. Well, now he's just transferred that into Zoom. So her and Matt and the kids, they're all staying at home. Well, he started wearing costumes in the background of her work Zoom calls. So he started really subtle with just like a cowboy hat. But then uh-huh. he, he amped it up really quick. He has a uh, hunting gear on that he looks like he's a pile of leaves. <laughs> um, <laughs> he also wore Hawaiian shirts one day with a wig. The next day he wore a Batman mask. Um, and then one day he wore Jason and scared her coworkers enough that they actually thought like Jason was in the room. One is a uh, Where's Waldo. He even shaved his beard for that one. I mean, this guy really committed to it. Anyway, it is absolutely hysterical and totally, totally something I would do if my husband would let me. Yes, and you know, it's something you would do if you had a little more time, but you don't because you're writing a dissertation. <laughs> so <laughs> that would make sense. But right. uh, Zoom bombing, if you're in a, in a relationship, is definitely one of the greater pleasures of life. And some more greater pleasures are ahead because I'm going to take my temperature and news it or, and not news it or lose it. Happy endings up next. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Well, I've taken my temperature and I am pleased to announce that I do not have a fever. Oh, you don't? 
Congratulations. What was your temperature, Allie? I, well, I don't know how accurate this is, and maybe this is something we can do and ask the NP tomorrow, because I don't know how accurate at-home thermometers are, especially if mm. I, I've only owned one in my life, and it's this one. Uh-huh. So, is it a sticky it under your tongue thermometer, or in your ear, or on your forehead? Uh, wow. No, I'm not that fancy. I've got, this is an under your tongue type of deal. Ah, okay. Uh-huh. Very good. Uh, and, and what is it telling you? It's saying that I have a 95.9 temperature. Ah. Oh, which well... F- Means that I have frostbite. <laughs> no, Allie, remember you don't have a heart. Oh, um, right. Remember, you're you're that cold-hearted bitch. So 95 for you is actually like a raging fever. Oh my god. Yeah, the ice queen is sick, everybody. I've got a 95 <laughs> fever. So this woman, who knows what's gonna happen once I thaw. It might be a real fuzzy feel-good show tomorrow if I continue Uh-oh. on this temperature rise. Um, thanks for sticking with us today. As I said, I have not been feeling well during the show and, um, I'm going to get some much needed rest, I suppose. But why don't we, before we say goodbye, get into some happy endings. This is the time in the show where, of course, we take something that may have been upsetting, sad, bummer town, etc. And we turn it into a happy silver lining to take into the rest of your day. James... I think my new happy ending is going to be that you used the word bummer town. <laughs> I, <laughs> I like that. This is the, this is where all of 2020 has taken place <laughs> in bummer, in bummer, bummer welcome, town. Welcome to bummer town. Uh, <laughs> that's it's awesome. the sequel to Pleasantville. It's <laughs> bummer, bummer. It's right. The 2020 version. Or my happy just ending takes off the color to reveal black and white. <laughs> <laughs> wah, wah, bummer town. Uh, uh, listen, our latest Karen might actually be a Shelly. But at least her plan to expose the non-mask-wearing discrimination that is so rampant in Dana Point, California, completely backfired in her face. Very true. Mm-hmm. You hear that, Shelly, of Dana Point? You knew Shelley what you were Lewis. getting into. You know what kind of person you are. Mm-hmm. And you're not a Karen. You're a Shelly. And mm-hmm. I think that we're trying to change the narrative here when it comes to Karens on Drop the Subject I, I have friends that are named Karen, and I don't think it's fair in, to paint them in this light when some Shelleys are making just as much noise. I mean, maybe the new thing is going to be, are you a Shelly? Like, are you a yeah. supermarket Shelly? Are you a Gelson's Shelly? Right. Yeah, I don't. I, or Gelson's Gretchen. <laughs> we need some Gretchen. alliteration. Are you a shopping Shelly? Are you a supermarket Shelly? No yes. way. Right. I, uh, all right, here is my happy ending. Uh-huh. Um, I might not be feeling well. And maybe there were some moments on the show today that were subpar as a result of that. Because, let's face it, things are happening in my brain. They're not necessarily reaching my mouth. And that's frustrating. But the good news is that because Bachelorette's Hannah Brown is enemy number one, I can just blame her. So, <laughs> Hannah, this is your fault. I did. I'm so sorry. Yeah, you totally <laughs> ruined the show. Oh, you are a Hannah show ruiner. Brown. You ruined the show, Hannah Brown. I did. I'm so sorry. Yeah. That wasn't you. That was... Um, that was Alley. It 
wasn't here. I said, oh, damn, this stupid friend. All right, we'll see you tomorrow. On the, ne- on the next, drop the subject. On the next show, Allie is sick, so I'm taking over. Uh, wait, hold on, James. I'm actually still here. No more James and Allie. It's just James. No, it's just a cold. I'm still going to be here. Allie can't talk right now. She's taking too much NyQuil. Hey! Actually, that's probably true. Drop the subject. New and improved with just James. Hey, where is that applause coming from? That's right. Just James. Drop the subject. 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Pacific, 1 to 4 Eastern on Channel Q.